Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, getting it started here as always. Uh, new era here in Sacramento. We've seen the first couple games of uh, this new crop of guys that the Sacramento Kings brought in at the trade deadline. Uh, DeMontis Bonus has obviously started all of his games uh, since becoming a King. We've seen a lot of Justin Holiday. Seen some Dante DiVincenzo last night against the Chicago, or I'm sorry, I should say yesterday. It wasn't a night game. Uh, we saw uh, Trey Lyles get some good minutes uh, with Sacramento. And as always, to break it down with me, my trusty companion, Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, how are you doing? Chris, Christopher, I'm doing well. I think that uh, we all kind of needed this week-long break. It's now going to be even more of a legitimate break because you don't have that Davion Mitchell Rising Stars game kind of sandwich in the middle. Davion's not going to be playing on Friday, but I'm doing good. I, I, I'm i interested to hear what you think about the team. Obviously, it's been four games. The Kings are playing 500 ball since they've gotten their new guys. Seen a lot of good, seen some bad, and seen some things that are kind of the same. But overall, I think that, that things are pretty good. You and I just kind of talked about the baseball lockout for a minute. Uh, that is kind of the only other thing I have sports-wise to distract me from my Kings duties, and we'll see how that goes today. Big meeting with the MLB today if you're into that sort of thing. But I'm doing good, doing good. I, You and I are going to watch All-Star Weekend, and I kind of put mm-hmm. this like in our rundown to do later, but while I'm, it's in the top of my head, do it. All-Star Weekend, now with Davion at, like, out of All-Star Weekend, if you and I and, and Brendan Nunez weren't watching – the festivities together would you be fully out on watching this weekend or were the Davion's games kind of have like a nice little addition to that like oh at least some Kings guys are, mm-hmm. are going to be in there but now it's just Tyrese mm-hmm. that's gonna something be- uh something I guess you didn't know about me and and it's uh yeah it's it's uh I I have a weird weird passion for uh all-star Saturday um I just love it I I love every single moment of it I used to love the thing that I love the most was when they used to do the shooting stars challenge with like one retired NBA guy, one current NBA guy, and then a WNBA guy. That was um, so sorry, fun. lady, uh, uh, lady. I don't think that's a <laughs> uh, woman. WNBA person. <laughs> uh, yes, a a WNBA athlete, uh, woman who you know happens to be. Um, anyway, what? what anyway, <laughs> yes, I used to love it. They all pick different spots. It was always, always, always either the retired person or the WNBA person who would hit the half court shot. It was always amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, All Star Saturday to me is like that's when I really get to get. That's when I put my scouting glasses on and I'm like, all right, so this is like this is this person really trying to show out. And I'm really when I'm saying all of this, I'm really talking about the notorious Tim Hardaway Jr. Dion Waiters battle of, I believe, All-Star Saturday of 2013 or 14. Um, And there's also Kyrie Irving who went off um, and and destroyed Brandon Knight's career. (laughs) I think that was before he got destroyed by DeAndre Jordan. I think it all Um, happened in the same season for him. It might. It really does feel like that was all like a big mushing of just like this guy, Brandon Knight, cannot catch a freaking break. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big All-Star Saturday guy. The the three-point shootout has kind of started to transition to like being the main event as threes have become more and more prevalent. And the the bigger stars are now doing or have no issue doing the three-point shootout as opposed to like 
you know, obviously of yesteryear, Dominique and, and Michael Jordan doing the dunk contest. Kobe has done the dunk contest. I think obviously it kind of started with LeBron never doing the dunk contest. That kind of was the progression of the decline of the uh, of the dunk contest, you know. Obviously, Dwight and 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 Aaron Gordon recently, Zach Levine have kind of sparked it up. But then, well, that was the last. Uh, good one, those I are the years think. we were. Yeah, those are the ones that we remember. What we don't remember is Glenn Robinson the third being a slam dunk champion. Uh, Anthony Simons, if I'm not mistaken, is our reigning dunk contest champion. Um, this year, I'm not expecting a lot. I think uh, Jalen Green, uh, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Obi Toppin. And somebody else, yeah, somebody who's eluding me. Obviously, there's there's a fourth person. Well, I can't I, remember who it is, but I think Juan Toscano Anderson is supposed to. But people are hyping him up. I mean, he's a warrior, but people are kind of hyping him up as the guy who's supposed to win it. Not so. not for me. That's not my guy. I will never root for a warrior, especially <laughs> especially a, a gritty warrior like him. Um, I, I'm I'm all in on Jalen Green. That fool's bounce is out of control, and I think he can do. I think he could do an East Bay for sure. I'd love to see him go between the legs. Um, I, I just think he's gonna. He's got crazy bounce, and he's also got that youth behind him that like he can just do things that are not like once you're 25, you're just like I can't do that anymore. I'm just upset that the NBA didn't give Chimezi Metu a call. Yeah, I mean, and that's always the thing too. Chimezi to me is more of like a game dunker. He's not. I mean, he's obviously never. We've never seen anything crazy sick in terms of like, oh, he just did a windmill three sixty. You know, well, who, who do you like think that. the best? Who's the best dunker on the Kings? And the Kings had a, a. Oh, that's a good question. Participant because this used to be an answer that like was so it would be like oh I guess Tyreek is like you know we we we've never Derek Williams I think we've talked about this in the past Derek Williams was like such a revelation for Kings because uh, it was like he oh just my dunks. god like yeah like this, this guy, guy is just crazy dunks. like he is a real like real deal spiel athlete um and not just a basketball you know whatever Ben um, McLemore yeah Ben but. Of course, like Ben is the best jumper we've ever had, but he can't palm the basketball, which is like it just it completely hampered all of his dunking ability in game uh, in the dunk contest. Even it was just it was not it. Um, Our best. It's probably Fox. I mean, we've we've seen some crazy, you know, he's been able to windmill. I don't think we've seen him go between the legs, but I don't see any reason why he couldn't. Um, There's a video earlier this year of Tyrese going between the legs uh, during a practice. So I feel like I feel Tyrese like Tyrese is not probably, a king anymore. No, I know that, but I was just saying that to okay. say I think if Tyrese can do it, uh, I'm pretty sure De'Aaron can do it. Um, I don't know. That'd probably be like, my answer. We, we I, also have. Oh, never mind. I almost said former slam dunk champion Harrison Barnes, but I don't think he won because if you remember, he it was when he was on the Warriors. He, he was did, in the slam dunk contest, bro. You need to look at this dunk. He did possibly the wackest dunk I have ever seen in my life. Was it two feet and two hand slam? No, but it was 2K. He had like, so this is, wow, we're going, we're going way off track. This is like some Carmichael Dave tangent here. It's the all-star um, break. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so like the, the 2K studios are in Navajo, California, which I believe is Bay Area adjacent. I don't know. Somebody don't yell at me. I don't have a map. Um, and, uh, obviously at that time, the Warriors were one of the best team in the world. And I guess Harrison, we all know Harrison is a very innovative guy. Always looking, you know, he's very into NFTs, I'm sure. And all that Steve, kind of the, stuff. The Steve jobs of the NBA. Yes, <laughs> it is very much so. 
Uh, and I believe 2K approached him and was like, hey, man, you're doing a dunk contest. Wouldn't it be sick if you did a dunk and then immediately after we like put it into 2K form and like showed it on the big screen and then like released it in the game? And if I'm not, mis- it, I can't remember exactly what the dunk was, but it was something like so game dunky, like so regular. It was like it was pathetic. And I don't uh, like that's it. what I that's what I remember about Harrison Barnes in the dunk contest. I don't like that. Do you think someone's going to come out and pull some NFT sort of situation out? Like someone's going to do something. Oof, that's a great we, question. We should look up what which dunk participant is super mm. in NFTs. Mm. I don't know if out. it'll be NFT, but they'll, oh, someone's always got a shtick, you know, like Brad, uh, Bradley Beal. Um, uh, Victor Oladipo had like the singing thing, which that man can sing his ass off, mm. but comes out and is like i'm gonna dunk (laughs) on you and like does a 540 or whatever um or whatever just does like four (laughs) rotations in the air it's no big deal um yeah who i'm trying to think maybe it is anthony simon's defending his belt that could be the fourth person that i'm not thinking of but i don't don't think there were any props last year I, I would guess like something. Someone's got something up their sleeve. Obi Toppin, maybe you know he's obviously a New York guy. He he might he might pull out some some. some oh no, craziness. it's uh, Cole Anthony. Oh, Cole Anthony. Oh, oh, if Cole Anthony's out there, I already know uh, Jay Cole's going to be out there for sure because he loves Cole Anthony. Um, and that's going to be my guess. I'm going to guess Jay Cole does something. Uh, Jay, Jay Cole's Cole. notorious for for doing some some All Star game. He did uh, dunk. Stuff. In the, yeah, he dunked. He dunked in the celebrity game. That was awesome. He also dunked, I believe. Uh, Wait a minute. In one of the All Star game, in one of the dunk contests, he like came out and just like threw down a two hand jam just because. Just did to show. I did I say that the Kings have no participants in All Star Weekend? Because I lied. We do have a participant in All Star Weekend. We have oh one. God, Frank. I hate you, bro. I hate you so much. We have one. You know, this, and this is another thing that's just been ruined. Go ahead. The, the, all, the, all, the, the Celebrity All-Star Game, uh, the Sacramento Kings will have Anjali Ranadive, Vivek's daughter, recording artist. She'll be performing in the Celebrity Game. So if that's your cup of tea, you want to see Anjali Ranadive cross up Jack Harlow or something. <laughs> There you go. I do love the celebrity game too. That's something that's that's gone with time. Is but it you used know, to be Kevin when Kevin Hart was in it and everything. That was when it was really fun. Get Adam, no. Adam has, has Adam Sandler played in an All Star game yet? A celebrity game? Because Adam, I'm Sandler, sure, like in the early 2000s, he did. He, he needs to be out to. there. He needs. To be I out feel there. like Kevin Hart both made and completely ruined the celebrity contest or Good the celebrity point. show. Um, obviously, it was. Uh, you know, when like Artie Duncan was putting up like 20 points a game, who was like the secretary of defense or oh something like that. God. Just strong, big left hand guy who who just was balling with Obama every weekend, probably, and was getting buckets in the celebrity game. Uh, and uh, there was some other drummer from like Arcane Fire who I don't know. And he was amazing. Um, and that was the problem is Kevin Hart kept winning MVP because People, it was like a vote in process and people were just like oh yeah like we love oh, kevin hart didn't they get bieber i think bieber won mvp yes, one year bieber, and okay. bieber was sick and that's bieber what ball. i love too is like yeah i love seeing these guys i love knowing j cole can dunk um i remember to was in the all-star game a celebrity game and he I would think, throw down dunks like i think jt also right justin timberlake yes Timber timberlake from what i understand can ball the, the guy's just an athlete i think he's like yeah. a handicap two or or one golfer too he's he like shoots 73 72 he 
I think he wins like the, the celebrity tournament in Tahoe every year, mm. or he's up, he's up in the top five, mm-hmm. I think. So must be nice, but Hey, Anjali, congratulations. Yes. Anjali, congratulations. Good job. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know who they're going to have coaching her this year, but hopefully they coach her up. Um, anyways. yeah. Anyways, well, <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted your thoughts. Just a I love jump it. Start. No, that's, that's, uh, that's the kind of content I'm here for. That's probably the most spirited conversation we're going to have today. Um, yeah. No, I'm actually just kidding because well, for, for once, actually, I think this is the first time we recorded all season, maybe since like the first month of the year where like, I think I'm actually legitimately excited to like watch our next game and to like actually talk about, hey, like these are the things I'm seeing and like I'm encouraged by this. I'm encouraged by things now. Um, that's a new feeling. Well, I guess we'll, we'll yeah, start with that then. What, I mean, what, what are your first initial thoughts? Just, you know, when, when, when you think of this new team, what are like the first first big things that, that have stuck out to you? Well, I mean, the Brooklyn game is kind of an outlier because that game was just kind of funky. They had their worst shooting performance of the year. I believe they shot under 40% from the field and under 30% mm-hmm. from three. Uh, it, was, it was their worst offensive showing of the year. They scored 85 points. Um, but in every other game, they, the offenses look good. It seems like they have a really good balance between Sabonis and Fox. And Fox, we'll get to his numbers in a little bit, how, how well he's been playing. Um, I know that, Chris, you made a really nice graphic last night on KHK.com yeah, and on socials. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I, really, I really like seeing the dynamic between Sabonis and Fox. I do think the defense still has its holes. And we don't have to go over every single game one by one, but we'll just kind of go over the Chicago game because it's the freshest in everyone's minds. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan's having the best season that any Chicago Bull has had. Since ever. No, ever, ever. No, ever, ever, ever. Oh, I put best, out last night. I, I believe, I firmly believe, I, I cannot, I've done the research. I Googled it. Um, no Chicago Bull in, in history has ever been been good, especially ever. not this good. No, ever. What about that There's 23? Been, what about that 23 guy? 33. It was Scotty Pippen wore 30. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah that's, then, that's embarrassing for you. What, oh, 91, Rodman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Bill okay. Cartwright, well, local guy. Local guy. Bill Cartwright, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, I remember yeah. a, a 23 jersey, but I don't mm-hmm. know who that is. No. Okay. Well, the, well, that's the, LeBron. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, well, the 11 jersey, DeRozan. Yeah. He, he's, a, I believe he's the first player in NBA history to average 35 get points over a seven game span and mm-hmm. shoot over 50%. Yes. From the field. So he's literally just lighting everyone on fire. So I can, I think the Kings can live with letting him go for 38 last night. The problem is the Kings, as we know, we have the who is going to have a career high. I don't believe it was Kobe White's career high, but on his birthday, mind you, he, scores 31 points so i think that the kings were missing davion mitchell obviously who i don't think we mentioned what he's actually out with it's a hand contusion nothing serious but the kings were missing davion mitchell not sure if that would have given them the win but when you let two guys go for 30 apiece i uh i don't really yeah i don't see how you win the game and they didn't so two things first off you you blew right through that stat of demar Derozan. the most impressive thing about that is the record he broke was Wilt Chamberlain's. <clears throat> if you break a Wilt Chamberlain record, that we should have led the show with that. Like that's Wilt? not that is not something that happens. Do you mean do you mean Wilt as in the stilt? Wilt the stilt. I've got a hundred ten thousand bodies on my record. <laughs> Chamberlain. Okay. That guy. Uh, 
if you break one of that uh, guy's records, specifically that ten thousand number, but we'll we'll get to that on a different pod. But if you break any <laughs> of Wilt's records, you that's something that is definitely noteworthy. Like Wilt has the dumbest stats of all time, just dumb. And so if you do something on that, and off the court, that right, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> If you break one of Wilt's records, you need to have like the season should like they should do like the same way that what happens when you pass John Stockton on the all time assists and they stop the like the game should have been stopped and been like this guy, this guy's crazy. And it felt it really did in real time feel like this guy was the best player I've ever seen in my life. Like he he just couldn't miss whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted, he got. And that's DeMar's game. I mean, you know, he, he's always been. It was so funny to see everyone like this guy is he's just killing the mid range. Like this guy has really revolutionized the game. Like, again, because he's just he's zigging where people zag. He's yinning where people young and all this stuff. And like this is this is what he has done. People like he has always put up ridiculous efficiency from the mid range. It's just now he's. I don't I I really don't even I can't even explain it because he's just on a different level this year. Um and it's just it's just absolutely insane to watch. Second off, I did not realize Kobe White had 30 points last night. Yeah, um, 31 on his 22nd birthday. If I'm not mistaken, is didn't Kobe White score 30 against the Kings his rookie year as well? I believe if yes. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Um, he likes playing against the Kings. So just add him to the list of 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 King's killers, uh, Kobe White, who has really struggled to find, you know, he's been in and out of the Chicago lineup kind of his whole his whole career here the past couple of years. Um, to me, the one that really stuck out and I was like, oh, man, like this guy's killing. I didn't even I didn't realize Kobe had 30. Javante Green, that fool. I, there was a point where he had 15 points. I think he was four for five or five, five and like three, three from three. I was just like, this is so, like, that's people just thing. can't miss. People don't miss against but it's, it's DeRozan is his own thing. He's on yeah. God mode. But yep. It's Kobe White, Javante Green, the rest of the Bulls. The, the Kings allowed the Bulls last night to shoot. Got it right here. Goodness. Guess 55%. 12, 12 of 29 from three. That's 41%, though. 12 of 29 from three. Uh, you look at Kobe White had six, Javante Green had three. Um, Derek Jones Jr. knocked one down. They just this has happened also in Brooklyn too. They got killed in the perimeter. They cannot defend the three, and it just always seems like the rotations are literally two steps behind, mm-hmm. and they're always getting beat on those rotations. So it's just kind of like maybe you need to switch things up. Communication. Maybe you need to communicate better. I know again, Devonte. Uh, sorry, uh, Davion Mitchell was not playing, so. I can't put it all on that, but I'm no. saying that the, the defense is still, but it, it's looked good, but it, it's looked good at times too. Like when mm-hmm. they buckled down and got stops and they needed them and they got back mm-hmm. in the game. And then of course, DeRozan went DeRozan nuclear Wilt Chamberlain mode, but it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say, I'm completely disappointed about last night. They went down by nine or seven again and again and again, and they battled back again and again. It was just a nonstop marathon of Kings go down by nine. They tie it back up. They go down by seven. They're down by one. They go down by nine. They just kept kind of cutting in into those leads, and they couldn't fully break through. And it's encouraging to see a, when you, you see Fox and Sabonis both have a, a night that I think would ideally be – I think if you could chalk it up to a stat line, a perfect stat line for each player, 
Last night was the perfect stat line for each player. Sabonis mm-hmm. goes for 22, 12, and 8, 10 and 15 from the field. Fox goes for 33, 6, and 9, and shoots 14 of 26. That's like literally the the dream scenario for the Kings. Yeah. And Harrison Barnes had 17 points on seven shots. Even Justin Hall at 18. So what I'm saying is the offense was not a problem. The Kings scored 30 or 29 on every single quarter. It comes back to the defense. And I think that if they can get to a point where they can get stops more consistently, which has been the problem all season, I understand that. But these these final 22 games, they can they can control their own destiny if they can just pull out these stops. And I do think that they're – their best defensive lineup still has remained to be seen. Mo Harkless kind of had a, hard, a tough time last night. Again, nobody can slow down DeRozan right now. Nobody in the NBA can stop DeMar DeRozan right now. So I can't really put too much blame on him. But it's going to be interesting to see what, what Gentry does. Gentry did say after the game that the rotation could look different when we come back from the break. I, I don't know what he meant by that. I would imagine he meant the bench rotation. Probably Trey Lyles over Chemezi Metu or Mo Harkless maybe get switched out and they finally go in with the, with a three-guard lineup in DiVincenzo or or Mitchell. I, w- I wouldn't guess that's the case, though. I think that Gentry loves Mo Harkless. But um, overall, two and two over four games. Uh, I'll, I wouldn't say that out of Brooklyn in Chicago, there's a game that Kings – "Quote unquote," should have won. I think that Brooklyn was hell bent on stopping that eleven game losing streak. Seth Curry, Drummond, fresh legs come in, um, and then of course Chicago is just the they're the best team in the East for a reason. Even with the guys they're missing, so tip your hat to Demar Derozan. He might be an MVP finalist this year or the winner. I mean, if the Bulls are the number one seed in the East and Derozan keeps doing this, he's probably the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, there's hope that out of the break, That's the Kings. Crazy. Keep going. I know. I honestly was looking at his his season, and Demar Derozan's averaging twenty eight points per game, five rebounds, five assists, fifty one from the field, thirty four percent from the three, which I believe is a career high. Yeah, it's career high by a long margin. Yeah, he doesn't take threes. He doesn't take threes, and he also is playing good defense. I mean, I'm I am very happy for him because I feel like he's been a kind mm-hmm. of a guy that's kind of you know he was traded for for Kawhi and kind of had his his trip through the ringer so he's kind of having his his time at age 32 nonetheless i just wanted on record and it is on record you can go back to this offseason i was clamoring for us to sign to bar DeRozan. i was praying to every i think on a pod you did on a pod i did yeah i agree he would believe he was on the, multiple the dream scenario for a, a yes. small ford yeah um but whatever obviously that didn't happen um i think the thing that has been most encouraging for me is I would say, especially in the last in the two games that they have lost is maybe with the exception of the Chicago game. I think there's a world where, you know, they play better defense and and win that game. Um, But the Brooklyn game, I mean, that was just, they, they, like you said, I mean, they played terribly. That was a game from hell. Brooklyn was determined to snap that nine, that 11 game streak. Um, and the Kings just literally couldn't. I mean, they were missing all of their open shots. There was that oh highlight waiting to happen of of Sabonis throwing the behind the back pass to to Mo Harkless in the post, and Mo just I think he either dropped it or he just like wedged it into the side of the rim. Um, and you know it was it was just a game from hell. They couldn't make. They missed all of their open shots, made all of their difficult shots. And that was about it. I think they ended up with 85 points or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, you're just not going to win games like that. But the encouraging thing for both of the Chicago and Brooklyn games and those losses is I think the Kings played horribly on offense in one game, horribly on defense in the other. And yet, like you said earlier, for a majority of the Brooklyn game and, and obviously last night in the Chicago game, they were able to keep it really, really close for a long time. Um, and obviously we've seen this season, you know, Boston game, Atlanta game, where those games get out of hand. When the Kings don't play well and they're not hitting shots, they just they would let go of the, the rope completely and allow it to be a you know, a 20 point, a 25 point. And that's kind of what ended up happening in Brooklyn. But it was really, um, I think it was a four to six point game for a lot of um, both of the games. And then, you know, what happened in the Brooklyn game was they got down 15 in the fourth. Um, Alvin pulled Sabonis for for, uh, Rashawn Holmes, who we'll get to. And, uh, And then it was just kind of, it got to 19. And then it was kind of just over at that point. Um, but to me, and I'm going to transition this into, um, I just don't think the past two games have been the best showing for Alvin Gentry. Um, I, obviously it's hard to kind of, you know, you got to feel out your rotations. You got six new guys you're adding to your roster. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think we're definitely seeing that, but just some of the the decisions of of taking out um, specifically in the Brooklyn game, he had stretches where he didn't have Barnes, Fox, or Sabonis in. That's been talked about. Um, and then just kind of, I think last night he did a better job of staggering their minutes. But I just haven't loved um, how he's used his rotations in the past couple games. I don't know if you have if you've noticed anything like that with Alvin. Uh, interesting. Or just about Alvin in general, just, you know, how he's done. I think that maybe he had a sense that the game was out of control in in Brooklyn. I believe that the game still wasn't completely out of hand, though. I think they were down by 13 or or 12 Mm -hmm. with eight, nine minutes left. But they had came back, uh, but I I agree with you. But Sabonis just wasn't – he sat bonus for the rest of the game, and Sabonis ended up playing, what, 25 minutes, I think, Mm -hmm. against Brooklyn. That can't happen. So – Unless the game's fully, fully out of reach, and in my in my mind it wasn't, and then Brooklyn went on, on a huge run to end the game. But I think he's still kind of figuring things out. I mean, it's been four games with these guys, and three if you count DiVincenzo and 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 Lyles and Josh Jackson isn't really someone who's going to be in the rotation. I think he was kind of a throw-in, so I don't really need to include him in that. But mostly where he's going to play DiVincenzo, and I think he said post game last night, uh, not I think he did he did say that. Trey Lyles is someone who will will play. I think he quote a lot in the second, not the mm. second half of the season. Again, yeah. it's funny how we call it the second half of the season. We'll call it second stretch. It's, or it's the, the fi- back stretch. I don't know. It's it's a final quarter of a season technically. It's 20, 21, 22 games out of an eighty two game season. So um, it's been interesting to see. I think that we're going to see a different look when, when they come back. I would not be surprised if we see Divincenzo, Mitchell, Lyles, and Metu off the bench. And I think we might even see less of Rashawn Holmes, just kind of a hunch in my mind. Could see a little more Alex Len, probably Damian Jones. Actually, we, the Kings have really lacked his athleticism. And, I mean, I hate to kind of pivot to the Rashawn conversation, but I think the Kings would be a lot better off if they kind of went to Damian Jones for a little bit here and used his athleticism. He's clearly clearly adapted to a bench role better than Rashawn Holmes has. And – you look at what Rashawn Holmes has kind of been going through since the Kings acquired Sabonis, four games, three points per game, two rebounds per game, 15 minutes, 38% from the field. He just looks 
he doesn't look like he's comfortable out there. That's and painful. He, it's it's super painful. And even when you look at, I I you're seeing when he's getting the ball in the post, he's not doing his his patented push shot. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of I think the biggest criticism of Jason Thompson Wolf back in the day was oh sorry sorry How mighty have fallen sorry jay sorry to compare sean to jt but when jt would get the ball in the post people would get on him because he he always would put the ball on the floor he wouldn't just he go straight bad up hands him. he'd always put the ball yeah and he had bad hands he always go down with the ball and i remember i think it was jerry on metallicats to say we're sean he's you know sean jt needs to learn how to go right up with the ball when he gets when he gets it in the post where sean's getting the ball on the key and he's kind of doing a post-up dribble now and and doing like a quick turnaround yeah. turnaround half hook which i don't think is a shot i've seen him take playing marvin ever. bagley game no it, it is it's marvin bagley basketball and even his hands i think De'Aaron had a, a really nice wrap around in traffic and at the rim last night to rashawn who would have been wide open rashawn is inexplicably just doesn't catch the ball and it wasn't like it was a hard pass it was a bullet it was just he's dropped the ball he just looks looks discombobulated it looks lost and i know there was some personal stuff going on with him shortly before the trade I know it's tough to lose your job and be be in a bench role, which he hasn't been in three years now. So I understand his, the mental aspect of it and what he's going through, but I I don't know if it'd be in the worst interest of the team to kind of say, you know, mm-hmm. let's take some time and let him get right, but let's go with some guys that can help us help us win games right now, which would be in my mind, Damian Jones or Alex Lund. So uh I just don't know if Rashawn's a bench player, is my point. I don't think he's a bench center i think that he probably should have been moved at the deadline he probably will be moved this off season i'd imagine because it's just there, there's no way i don't think this could work long term i don't think rashawn's going to turn into a montrez Harold type player which is what i think the kings are kind of hoping for um which is funny because i think the kings when they signed rashawn people on social media were saying that hey we we have a our own montrez Harold type um rashawn's not that he's a starting center and he clearly is not comfortable in this role so just wondering what you think about the whole situation. I can, I think you said it perfectly. Like I, I think everything you said was perfect. I think it's it's definitely a mental block. I think uh, you're completely right. I, I I have heard what he was going through uh, when when he missed the game for personal reasons, and I think uh, that could definitely have something to do with it. Just compiling on, like you said, everything else that's going on. Um, it hasn't just been these past four games. He's really struggled since he came back from injury, um, has just never really found that his flow of game. And um, again, yeah, I just kind of agree with, uh, with everything you said. I think he's struggling to find uh, how to get his touches and just how to fit his game in with, with a, with a completely different role. Um, He's been starting for the past three seasons. And I think there's a different kind of hunger you have to have when you're coming off the bench. Uh, of like, yeah, I didn't start, but I'm still going to come in and I'm going to do my thing. And then when I come out, I come out, but I'm, I'm going to, it's not going to stop me from, you know, my minutes aren't going to affect my game. And I think he's just having a hard time coming in and really being that microwave. I think we see, you know, Damian Jones come in and he he's clamoring for every minute he can get. And I think when you've been starting and you get comfortable for, for a couple seasons here and you feel like you have a solidified role, um, you kind of, I don't want, you know, and I don't mean this completely negatively, but you know, you're going to, you're going to let go of the, the rope a little. You're going to, you're going to kind of, you know, feel comfortable in your role and feel like it's okay if I, if I'm not super aggressive the first five minutes I'm out here because I'm going to play 30 minutes and, you know, I'll get it eventually. But 
Um, I think it's just it's finding his touches and especially when you're coming off the bench um, with a bunch of other bench guys who are having that mentality. We see Dante DiVincenzo is coming in and he's like, if I'm open for half a second. I'm pulling this thing. Um, so I think it's tough. I think it's just tough for him to not uh, get fed. I mean, he was our only good post option uh, before the trade. And so if we were going to dump it down into the post, it was going to be through him. It was going to be a pick and roll with with him and Tyrese, which I'm sure that's also affecting him is not having uh, his his main uh, point guard. Obviously, Tyrese and him had a special connection and and, uh, you know, he was able to get him a lot of points. And, you know, he's just not getting fed that way. De'Aaron Fox isn't really facilitating uh, the offense as much as uh, we maybe I especially had thought um, he was going to. And I think it's just affecting every not everybody. It's really it's really affecting Rashawn the most. Um, And I completely again, I completely agree with you. I think the I think the answer is bringing in Damian Jones. We've seen he's very comfortable coming off the bench. Um, he kind of is just, uh, he's just going to give you what, what he's got. He's not going to, I mean, he's really actually surprised me in some of the games and in, in his, especially his shooting ability. Um, but you know, he, he's going to come in and he's going to know, like, I'm going to make the most of all these minutes and, uh, yeah, it's, out it's of just all, tough. Out of all King centers, I would say Damian Jones, well, not, not named DeMontis Sabonis out of yeah. the, the Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Damian Jones. I think he has the if the Kings want to space the floor, he can shoot the mid range. And he also has shown that he can knock down a three. If, if need be, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to take threes every game, but uh, I, it hurts me to say, cause I do love what Rashawn Holmes brings. I, mm-hmm. I love what he's meant for, for the team, what he's been for this team over the past three years. He's brought the effort every night. He has unquestioned tenacity out there. It's just, I think that if the team's trying to make the plan, which I believe is the goal, we're three and a half out with 22 games to go. Uh, some some tough decisions need to be made about who's going to be playing and who's not. And I think that the best players in those roles need to be on the floor. And mm-hmm. Damian Jones, in my mind, is the best backup center, by definition, best backup center that the Kings mm-hmm. have in, in that role. I mean, you, sure, you have Alex Len for certain situations. He's kind of waiting in the wings. But I, I just think that Alvin Gentry probably has, has a tough decision to make. And, mm-hmm. and we'll see if he does. But kind of to pivot because you mentioned De'Aaron Fox I think that De'Aaron Fox is and well, I have some numbers here I can compare it to his his people people call the best stretch of his career last season I'd say De'Aaron Fox is arguably playing the best basketball of his career once again very reminiscent over his past six games De'Aaron Fox is averaging 28 points per game five rebounds five and a half assists 50 percent from the field 37 percent from three now People compare that to last year when he scored 28 or 27 plus in six, eight, six straight games. Over six games last March, De'Aaron averaged 30 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 7.8 assists, 1.7 steals, 48% from the field, 29 from three. Obviously, I think you you have a couple notes on on his his passing, but do you think he's playing the best basketball of his career right now or pretty close to that? I think he's playing the best team basketball of his career. And that might be a cop out because obviously I would say, you know, the, the ball movement, though, not so much the past two games, really, though it, it was better last night in Chicago. I just think um, his scoring for sure. I think he's looked this. His game has looked the easiest it's ever looked um, these past couple of games. And I think that's mainly because he he's 
driving more. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it really feels like he's he's pushing that the the gas pedal a lot harder and a lot more often than he has um, this season. Mainly, I think last year we saw a lot of you know. I think you said when you were looking up those stats, he had a, a couple thirty game stretches uh, last season, and we just haven't seen that that kind of consistency and aggression. Um, all this season, especially emphasis on the consistently. Um, but this, I mean, ever since he came back uh, for the first Minnesota game, he's been his, he's his least amount of points is 26. And that was in the Brooklyn game and in the Washington game. Uh, he's just he's been attacking the rim and, and he's been putting up all at, at great field goal percentages. And um, I just think that that he has looked uh, most comfortable and his game has been uh, the most, I don't want to say seamless, but it just it feels like it's not hard for him right now. Um, he's not really forcing the issue. And saying that, he took 26 shots last night. Um, but especially, you know, it, just watch that first quarter. That first quarter of the Chicago game yesterday, I don't think he's looked that his shot has looked that comfortable maybe ever in his career. I mean, he was he was just absolutely on fire. And uh, the confidence, the confidence for me is the thing <clears throat> that I love to see. I think De'Aaron's an incredibly uh, cocky in all the best ways, but very confident guy. And, you know, that hasn't really always shown in his game. And I think the past couple games, we've really seen like a this guy is is trying is like really, really giving his all to win these games. Um, and that's I, that's what I've really noticed the past couple of days. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what the Kings need. They need Fox to get back to that, I'm going to take over the game and you can't stop me mm -hmm. mentality. And that's what he's been doing. And that's why I think the model of this Kings team, I, I like the way things are going. I, I do think they need one more shooter, like a decent knockdown shooter, and maybe obviously more defense. But the offensive model of this team, we've seen it on full display in, against Minnesota. We saw it on display last night. We saw it in Washington. Sabonis having 22 and 12 while passing the ball. De'Aaron going for almost 30. Uh, then you have your, your knockdown shooters and Holiday and, and Barnes doing what they do. The offense did what it needed to do. It comes down to defensive stops. And De'Aaron's a huge part of that on both ends, obviously. I know his defense, he'd probably be the first to tell you, hasn't been what yeah, it, it, he wants it to be. It's not been good. No, it hasn't been very good. But we know that when he wants to turn it on, he can. And I believe I saw a couple national writers say yesterday how it looks like De'Aaron has been playing with more defensive effort over the past couple of games. And when you let Kobe White score 31, I know it doesn't really come off that way, but I would say the effort seems there more than it was before, which mm -hmm. I know that's, that's kind of sounds like I'm giving De'Aaron a gold star or, you know, a lollipop saying, you know, thanks for coming in. Here, <laughs> thanks for trying. Your here's, a 30, here's a 30 piece, but I do think he looks more engaged as a whole, as a basketball yeah, player. I think that's the word. He's more engaged, and he he looks like he's inspired to play basketball again. He's having fun mm -hmm. out there. He's smiling. That's what's most important to me as someone who who covers a team and, and wants the team to succeed, seeing the, the, the star franchise player happy, wanting to play basketball again. And whereas before, we talked about how disengaged he looked, how he just looked miserable, like the life had been sucked out of him. doesn't look that anymore. He's playing hard. Him and Sabonis look like they have really good chemistry. They have a great two-man game. And I do think it's something that the Kings and their fan base should be excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really feels like for the first time, 
I'm just going to say this season, but it, it feels like it's been a while. The first time that they really believe like any given night that if they give it their best, like they can win games. And maybe these past, I, I don't think these two losses to Brooklyn and Chicago are going to, you know, going to carry over to the, to the other side of the all-star break. But if they, if they can string together, you know, if they can go, if two and two is the worst that they go in these stretches, um, then I think, you know, they, they, they really start to, to have a, a whole team confidence. And I think that would um, do wonders for everybody. I think uh, it's just, it's still a lot of, and you heard it, uh, Domas in the, in the Brooklyn post game, talk about how he just learned, like, I need to be more aggressive. Like that is just, uh, that's something that I had, you know, we had to go through this, this growing pain in order for me to learn. And, and by God, like that's, I'm not going to let that happen again. And I think everybody needs to go through that. I think, you know, Dante DiMincenzo is going to have a game where he's like, okay, like I know this team needs shooting, but I can't just go out here and go one of 10, like, um, and you know, go all the way down the list. I just think, uh, as they play together, as they get more comfortable together and learn each other's games, they'll really feel as a whole, like they can really go out there and beat pretty much anybody because they gave Chicago who has been without Zach Levine and, and, you know, Alex Caruso and Lonzo ball for quite some time now. And yet they're still winning games. Like that's still a really, really, really elite basketball team that they played and they held their own the whole time on their home court. Um, And so I think that's, that's definitely something you can hang your hat on. And like I said, in the Brooklyn game, they were playing about as terribly as no, they played the worst that they've played all year. And for a lot of that game, they were able to hold on and, and keep it close. And and even though the shots weren't going in and, and all, you know, they, they don't have any rim protection at all. They still felt like, Hey, like if we can start making shots, eventually we will, we will get back into this game. Um, and that's what we saw in the Washington game is that was a really, really close game for a lot of it. And then late, it was easy. The Kings just kind of pulled away late, mid to late first, fourth quarter. And, and it was an easy 13 point win. Um, and I expect to see a lot of those when, when they're playing those lower level teams, I expect them to just kind of come out and, and take care of business. Yeah. And just to kind of put a bow on, on this whole conversation, just about how we talked about how they played last night. Uh, Will Z, Will Z stats on Twitter guy mm-hmm. pulls out a lot of nice fun stats um he tweeted at me last night I, I said how the kings had played but basically everything had gone right for them as far as De'Aaron had a big night Sabonis had a big night that the team shot well from from the field and from three uh he told me that teams are 178 and 15 this season when they shoot at least 51 percent from the field and 40 percent from three which the kings did last night the crazier part four of those 15 losses from teams in the nba have come from the sacramento kings so the Kings have made it an art form about having a great offensive night, as great as you can have. I mean, 50% from the field and 40% from three, that's textbook by definition, a great, great night. 50, that's a good night, and you still lose the game. And that's just incredible to me. The Kings have lost a quarter of those games on their on their own. So It makes sense. I mean, it definitely feels like – that's, you know, the Kings for the past two seasons, scoring has not been an issue. They've been up at the top of the league, especially last year. I don't think they are this year, but uh, one of the better scoring teams in the league. 
um, and still having a negative point differential. They just don't. They don't play defense. They're, they're a lot of the nights. Their their game plan is we're going to come in and we're going to score a lot of points and we're going to hope that you can't score that many points. And that's just not as we've seen. That's not bold a strategy. Bold, bold strategy. Cotton. Bold bold strategy. But I will say, typically in basketball, if you score more points than the other team, you will get wins. Um, but you have to play some defense, and that's well, the key. And they just haven't. They they just haven't. You look at what they've given up over the past. I don't think the, the Kings haven't held an opponent to under 100 points since this December 29th. And it was the Chemezi Mechi buzzer beater. Against uh, Dallas? Yeah. So they allowed 125 last night, 109, 110, 119, 134, 126, 120. I mean, they just, you go down the list. So it comes down to defense, 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 defense. But. Chris, as we get into the last, well, we have this and then awards. Where are you on the plan? Because Kings fans are, I don't know if they're torn. I think someone posted a poll the other day. I think it was uh, Sacktown Baby Giraffe posted a poll. Are you going for the plan or are you going for the lottery? And I think it was 800, 900 votes and it was 50% to 50%. The Kings right now, as I'm looking at the standings, they're three and a half out. They're three and a half out with 22 games to go. Uh, Portland has 20, 23 games left to go. Portland has a tough schedule coming up. Now, the Kings have some big, big games coming up against New Orleans, San Antonio, Denver, and OKC. Things could look a lot different for the Kings when we get to March 4th. I'm just wondering, three and a half out, 22 to go. Are you, let's let's fully go in. Let's get to the plan, or are you kind of just, I mean, let's see what happens, and if they make it, that's great, and if they don't, that's fine. Can I give a cop out answer and just say I'm kind of in the no, middle? No, okay. no cop outs. You give cop outs too much. <laughs> Can I, what do you want? Right, what just... do you want? The, the the fan and you. What do you want? Like you watching this? If you're watching this team out of this job that you're in, what would you want? Would you say, man, I want I want them to play in the plan, or would you say, you know, a top draft pick would be a lot better? Yes, uh, I think <laughs> the problem is. I I want the I want the draft pick. I want to have us I think if we can add a top 5 whatever top 8 talent to this roster and just hope that you know we get one of the better players um in the draft that's the quickest way of getting a real legitimate talent on this team that can actually help help us improve games. On the flip side of that though, if this team can't string together enough wins at the end of this year to get into real play in contention, that's a real concern. Like if this team is still not better than uh, than the tenth seed this year and having twenty games to cover three, I think three games, right? You said they're three games from three the tenth seed. Three, three and a half. Three and a half games from the tenth seed. Like if they can't get within a game or a half game of of, of that, like that's just as concerned. Like, you know, like I don't know if we're I, that that raises more concern to me than like oh like we're just a number eight pick away from from getting better like I think that would probably lead to oh maybe this Fox Sabonis thing didn't make us as good as we thought and you know maybe you know again like we're not one piece away from being a legitimate team um, so that's why I fall on both sides it's just like if they if they 
get the pick, that means that they lost some games here, which means that this team really isn't that good. And then we're kind of relying on this draft pick to come in and be another star. Um, Whereas if the team is good, we still have our draft pick, obviously, and our team. And, you know, this might be hypocritical because I am king of the eight seed doesn't matter. Why do we want to push for the eight seed? But in this case, and, you know, Monty did say that this isn't he's already hedged his bet. He said, like, this is not it's about making this, the, this is not a push. This is not for this year. This is for our futures for next season. Um, I think I'd rather see the draft pick, honestly. I mean, it just for the I think for the long term, it's a lot more beneficial for us to have a top X pick than to play in a play-in tournament, possibly, even if we win the play-in tournament, get the eight seed, break the 16-year drought. Okay, we're the eight seed. Um, I don't know if that's really attracting anybody in free agency to be like, hey, like, you know, they're really building something there that I would like to be a part of. I don't think that would do it. I think think the aspect... Now, I believe the the reason they got Sabonis, one other reason they got Sabonis is because of that very reason. I don't think it would do that either. I don't think making the plan would say, oh, my God, the Kings won 32 games and they made mm-hmm. the eighth seed by winning the plan. I think it's the fact that you can now have an all-star center in Sabonis and an all-star mm-hmm. caliber guard in De'Aaron mm-hmm. and say, hey, come be our missing piece. Now, my stance on it, though, on playing or draft pick is the Kings are in limbo. If they go forward and they don't sit De'Aaron Fox, they don't sit DeMontis Sabonis, and they keep going forward with this team, they're they're likely going to either make the play-in or they're going to just miss it. And that's very bad for the draft pick. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're either going to make the plan or they're going to fall short again. They're going to have the 11th, 12th pick, which is just not what the team needs. So it's tough for me to look at it because I don't imagine that they're going to, to do that. I don't imagine they're going to say, you know what? We're going to sit these guys. Now, there's a scenario if they lose three or four in a row and they fall six, seven out. Maybe there is a, oh, De'Aaron Fox has an ankle sprain and he'll be reevaluated in, in two weeks kind of deal. Or Sabonis is getting limited minutes or something. I do think, though, if they're in it after this upcoming stretch in early March, they're, they're, we know what they're doing. We know what they're going for. Uh, I think that they that's been the plan all along. I think that they are more interested in, in – Ownership is more interested in getting to this promised land, which is the play-in. I don't see it as the promised land. I think it'd be fun for the Kings to play in a winner-take-all game. It'd be a lot of fun for people to watch, especially if they won. But like you said, it doesn't doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really mean that the season's a a complete total win. In my mind, if they were to win the play-in games and make it to the actual postseason – in my eyes, that's kind of a win. I think making the playoffs and getting that experience in, even if you are going to get rolled by Golden State in the first round um, or Phoenix, it's it's the experience and the fact that you're putting those guys in a position uh, that, that no one's really been in before, other than Harrison Barnes. Um, I don't know if Sabonis has even been in the playoffs before. I think he might have made yeah, it once with, with no, Indiana. I think he's made it once or twice. So that alone, uh, and also Justin Holiday, but it's it's a tough conversation. It's a heated debate. But I think that no matter what side you're on right now, it's it's pretty clear that the Kings are going for the plan until they're completely out of it. So whether you're rooting for them to win or lose, that's 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 your prerogative. That's whatever you want to do. But three and a half out with 22 to go, we've seen a lot crazier things happen. I think the Kings were three and a half out when the bubble started, and they had eight games. And we were trying to talk ourselves into, well, they're in the bubble. They could win 
mm-hmm. they could make it and then they lost like three in a row immediately but it's um it's an intriguing it's an intriguing debate yeah it's it's just they because you can they, take i mean you can take hard stances on each side and they're so close to both they're close to the mm-hmm. plan they're three out and then they're also close i think they're three out of a top five pick so mm-hmm. they're right they're right in the middle um see to so, me if i if i could push back on on you know the the eight seed potentially being you know something good for that you know obviously they gain the experience i just if you're looking at both sides like going into next season and moving forward, I think it's more valuable to have or more helpful well, to have a top five pick than to gain the, experience. The, no, the, but, but the pick, the pick, like people, what do they want? Do they want it to have a, a talent to bring along or they do want it to trade? Because I think people are kind of saying they that's want a whole other debate as an asset with Rashawn Holmes yes. and, and Harrison Barnes. You could probably get a superstar of a, a top five pick and, I mean, disgruntled I don't know, player yeah I don't, I don't know who they would want to go get but again again i wish that demar Derozan was a free agent or was mm-hmm. was disgruntled because i'd love zach to, levine is i'd love the trade for him right you now know, vladi's not our our gm anymore but you know maybe a sign in trade with zach or something i don't know um yeah i i i i hear what you're saying on that and i think for me i would rather take the pick um Saying that, I don't know who's who's going to be available out there, but you know, with with James Harden and and Ben Simmons off the the trade blocks um, for the foreseeable future, I kind of don't know who that star player would be, or the you know that guy that they would would add to their uh, to their core. But yeah, you know, I I would I definitely if if they're going to lose games the rest of this year, I. This is very, very ass backwards to say, but like, I would hope that it's because of injury. Like, I don't like, yeah, like you said, yeah, I know, right? Like, love God, man, come on. I well, I just don't want to see Sabonis and Fox roll out there and just again, like, just have it not work. That's to me, like that. There's no positive in that. That's not something that any of us should want to see. Like, if, like you said, you know, maybe if. I won't even say Fox or Sabotis, but like if uh, this is terrible, if let's just say one of our main guys, one of this, yes, I just like you said, I think if if they want to at one point just be like ah, we'll reevaluate in two weeks and like just kind of tank that way. That's that's what happened last year, but that's what that's what happened last year though. With yeah, with I I mean I think Fox really was sick with COVID. I, Mm -hmm. I believe he even said he was, but um. And Harrison Barnes, they literally held out their guys over the, the final stretch of the season for that mm-hmm. very reason. They wanted to secure a top 10 picks. No, I get what mm-hmm. you mean. I get what you mean. I don't want them to waste it either. And I, I'm crawling out of my pessimistic hole. And I'm, I'm being more optimistic. I like what the team's been doing. I think that there's a, a, a possibility they do string together a good stretch. Mm-hmm. They have some home, a lot of home games in March. They, they could maybe make something happen. And we'll see what, what unfolds. But I feel good. I do too. I feel good, I feel good about the team. I'm scared about it because they they got us right where they want us. Um, they have and us really hoping and believing again. And they have games where they can control their own destiny. They they mm-hmm. play New Orleans twice. They play the Spurs. Um, they don't play Portland again, unfortunately. But like I said, Portland has a pretty tough schedule coming up. Just looking at Portland's schedule out of the break. I think Portland's won like three or four straight games. In a they're, row they're, as well, well, Anthony Simons is going stupid, but their yeah. stretch out of the break. Listen to this: Golden State, Denver, Phoenix, 
a back-to-back in Minnesota, Utah. Mm. So Portland, who is currently in possession of that 10 seed, they have some tough games coming up. Now the Kings mm-hmm. do too. They have two games against Denver. But just to kind of we're almost to the point of the season now where we can lay out games and look at them and say, okay, the Kings need to win X amount. 22 Back games to our left. Roots. Back to our roots. I remember the first pod, the first year we had the podcast, we laid out like a schedule. Like so they if they beat three, this team. It was Clippers, Spurs, Kings, and somebody else. I we I wonder, printed I printed out their schedule and I was like, look, like we can be looking at in two weeks. <laughs> You know, there'll be one and a half well, games back. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, two weeks from now, when we get to the beginning of March, we probably will have that conversation. If the Kings yep. are two out, we'll be looking at New Orleans. We'll be looking at, at Portland. We'll be looking at San Antonio. So we'll be looking like Charlie Day in uh, that in Always, Always Sunny, sunny GIF where he's just like pointing at the board. The like, yeah. <laughs> Can I talk to you about the mail? Can I talk to you about the mail? Um, so, yeah, I uh, where, let us know what you think. I'm sure you guys will in the comments on Facebook or on, on yeah, Twitter. Definitely. Do you want the play-in? And I'll, I'll put it in the post too. Do you want the play-in or do you want a draft pick? Or do you want mm-hmm. both? Um, Chris, we have some awards to give out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember whose turn it is to go first? No. Okay, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go first and you can you can piggyback off mine if you want. Uh, Darren Fox is our king of the week. Oh, my king of the week. Like I said, 28 points per game over his last six. He is proving he can be a scorer once again. He's up to scoring average to almost 22 points per game. It would not surprise me if he finishes the year close to that 25-point total again. Um, we've talked about him a lot. He looks comfortable out there. Looks comfortable. Looks like he likes to to play in an offense with the, with the passing big man. And Sabonis, we saw how he was being a little passive in that, that Brooklyn game. Other games, Minnesota, Washington, Chicago, he's looked like the all-star that the Kings traded a very talented player for in Tyrese Halliburton. So um, very happy with De'Aaron Fox, and I'm excited to see what happens after he gets a little time off. I like it. Obviously, that's, that's you know, De'Aaron has been out of his mind the past week, and so uh, that's, that's more than well-deserved. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that I've been frustrated with all season. I could go with DeMontis Bonus, who obviously is, has played very well, put up some great numbers. Um, but I'm going to go with Harrison Barnes, who, who, like I said, I've been frustrated with all year. He shows a tendency to disappear. Um, but, you know, he's really, for the past, let's see here, uh, pretty much since the start of the month here in February, has just been really, really consistent, has been incredibly efficient um specifically in the past four games you know since since uh, sabonis has gotten here uh 18 and a half points on nine shots shooting 61 percent from the field 50 percent from three only taking three threes a game which i think i would like to see him take a little bit more especially if he's going to shoot uh that clip but here's another big one that you pointed out uh after the washington game Harrison Barnes shooting 88% from the free throw line on almost seven attempts, almost seven attempts per game. Um, And he was obviously, uh, let's see here. Let me get those numbers. What was he from the line? He was 10 of 10 against Minnesota. He was before the the first Minnesota game. He was 12 of 12 from the free throw line and made 22 straight free throws was 10 of 10. The next game was seven of nine. The next game against Washington. Brooklyn was a real stinker, but you know, also for Sabonis, that was a really bad game. And uh, last night against Chicago was seven of eight from the free throw line. I think uh, what we're seeing here is very much if Sabonis plays well, then Harrison Barnes plays well. And and I think 
Uh, we talk about the two man game with De'Aaron and, and uh, Domas, you know, that'll be talked about to exhaustion. Um, but I think the thing that I've really noticed is, is Domas hitting Harrison very, very, very often and consistently when Harrison drives. There's been so many times where uh, Sabonis will get double teamed in the post and it'll be a super crowded lane. And then Harrison Barnes will just come right through the middle. He'll just dump it off to him and Harrison will get an easy dunk. Um, we've seen him get, a, you know, more open corner threes than I've seen him have um, pretty much all season. And he's been hitting those. Um, I've just really liked what I've seen from Harrison. And, and, you know, with the exception of the Brooklyn game, he's 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 been there. He's shown up and he's made his presence known, which has been great. Um, and, you know, he's still playing his game. I don't think he's he's really, you know, forcing any issues or um, he's really just you know what? I guess that is pretty typical Harrison. He's just taking what's given to him and uh, he's been given a lot and he's played really, really well. He hasn't, he, um, you know, yeah, I think he played well enough to win the other day in Chicago. And um, it's just, I think if, if they win that game and the Kings are three and one, I think uh, there's just a completely crazy vibe around this team right now. Uh, so I'm gonna go Harrison. No, that's a good pick. Harrison's playing out of his mind. I mean, the beginning of the something. season, Harrison playing very good. The beginning of the season, I think that we were all saying he was playing like an all-star. I think he's playing like an all-star again. Yeah. Um, so Fox, Sabonis, Barnes, all playing well. Mitchell, too, before he got hurt. Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, averaging 16 points a game, 45% from the field, 39% from three, a little under five assists over 10 games before going out with the hand injury. Mm-hmm. But Kings have a week off, a whole week to get things right. So hopefully they come back and they feel fresh and – Denver on Thursday. Can't wait. Last Can't thing. Wait. Uh, anyone on basketball reference? Anyone? Uh, yeah, I like I like some of these. Um, you know, oh, we, oh mine just refreshed. So never mind. Uh, well, well, uh, you, you, you refer, I was going to say, go off of what you had before. But I mean, all I'm seeing on this one, there's there's one former king on here. There is one former king. Very random. I don't think we, I can really talk about him that much. No, uh, there. This really isn't a good list. All, all, you know, Sam Perkins, who's you know, um, is known for what is Sam Perkins? No, I know Sam Perkins for a reason. Was he picked? <sighs> he might have been picked after Jordan. He was. He was great in college. I know he was. He was picked right after Michael Jordan. That's why I know Sam Perkins. Uh, Sam Perkins was ridiculous at he went to North Carolina as well. Um, that's what it is. Sam right. Perkins. So shout out Sam Perkins. Uh, it like Ann Perkins. I feel like uh, uh, Amber, Chris Drake. Amber, yep. Ann Perkins. Amber. Shout out Parks and Rec. Um, TJ Leaf is somebody who I am honestly shocked is not uh, pretty much Kevin Love at this point. Uh, when he, he played uh, at UCLA with Lonzo Ball. And pretty much played that Kevin Love role where they were pick and pop. And TJ was, was I think uh, he came out after his freshman year. So he was like 19, but he was 6'9". And was just an absolute sniper in college. And I was fully expecting him to come in and just be that same exact kind of guy. And just has not panned out absolutely at all. Um, that's all I got to say about TJ Leaf. Precious Achua yeah. in here. I'm Nothing not really. saying... Anyone? Uh, else? Lucas Nogira, who's probably got the uh, greatest draft picture ever. He had the massive afro and couldn't fit a hat on his head. Oh yeah. Um, Jordan Anthony Clarkson. Melton. Yeah. Dan- Anthony Melton, who's uh, Aaron Bruschi's number one 
supporter or I believe you know, he said Brooks, that he's his number one supporter. I believe he said that DeAnthony Melton's a better basketball player than De'Aaron Fox. Mm. No comment. I don't know how to uh, comment on. I'm not going to comment on that either. Yes. And the only former Sacramento King on this list, not Josh, but Jason Hart. Um, I really don't have anything to say about Jason. I, uh, I just Jason remember. Hart. I all I can say is that I, I have fond a fond memory, not fond really. I just remember him playing for the Kings back when I think it was their last season. They made the playoffs. Yeah, it was. Oh six, oh seven. Yep, and he was their backup point guard, and I remember thinking, oh, as well. like, he, he has a cool last name, and he's number five, and that's cool. I like number five back then. So, yeah, that's really all. I was like 11, so I don't really remember. I can't really break down his game, what he did in the Kings back then, because, again, I was Numbers 11. don't look great. No, they don't. Um, who else don't was, was on that team? Wasn't Maurice Evans on that team? And they had a bunch of kind of like random guys where it was like, oh, those are players. Was that? I know some the, of these words. I know some of these words. Was Murray Sevens in that playoff team? No, I think it was the year uh, after that. No, I'm looking at the 0506 team right now. I see no one. I see. When, uh, when did Murray Sevens? Because Murray Sevens was a guy who, like, he had big dunks for a little bit, right? He was like a big dunk guy. Yes, I see Maurice Taylor. Uh, I do not see Mo Evans. I definitely Ooh, was, remember Mo Evans. It was 05. It was the, the year that they lost to the Sonics. The year they got rolled. By the Sonics in the playoffs. R.I.P. Sonics. R.I.P. Sonics. Yeah, that was a bad playoff series. I remember watching that one. I was in New York for a vacation. My dad and my grandpa and I went to go see the Yankees. And it was like 1 a.m., you know, but the Kings were at the end of a game. (laughs) And who went off that game? It was, oh, it was Ray Allen at 45 in this game. Ray Allen had 45. Jeez. 17 to 28 from the field. So... Yeah, that's, that's all I got, I think. Crazy. I'm just looking at this uh, 04, 05 roster, and I'm looking at the dates of birth here. And, oh, it's uh, gross. Just in general, you know, like, I think, let's see, Doug's the oldest player on here, was born in 1970. 70, almost 60s, baby. Um, The youngest person on here is Kevin Martin, born in 83. Now, if we go to today's Sacramento Kings, I believe uh, our youngest player. Let me see here. Oh man, this isn't. Of course, this isn't working when I want it to work. It, it was Tyrese, I think. It was it? Tyrese. Uh, no, it was a uh, Jamias Ramsey. Technically, oh, it was Jamias Ramsey. Um, now it's Namish. Namish Kada. Yes, Namish Kada. Ninety nine. Uh, wow. We have, we have no two thousand. Ninety nine. I was gonna, that's where that's where I was going for. I was like, I'm pre. We don't have any two thousands, baby. No, I think we were. No, we might be the, was. Are we one of the older teams in the league now? Because no, I think we're one of the mid teams. <laughs> I think we're just like a bunch of twenty-five-year-old guys at this point. Yeah, because you look at down the list. Holiday's like thirty-two. Lamb's thirty, thirty-one. Barnes is gonna be thirty. I mean, everyone's gonna be like, I don't know, man. Half the mm-hmm. roster is gonna be thirty in a year. Um, yeah, but a lot of those guys, I'm not sure, will be here. That's a good point. Moving forward. That's a good point. The guys that will be here, Sabonis, DiVincenzo, Fox, mm-hmm. they're, they're all 24, 25. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. They have a core. Mm-hmm. They have a core all on the same Mitchell, timeline. Mitchell's 23. Mm-hmm. They need one more star. That's a different conversation. We'll get to that when we have when, – when the Kings have a – if they do lose a lot of games and get a top draft pick, we'll have to go over a, a, a trade target episode, just kind of go through which team has what player and yada, yada, yada. But right now – it's the plane or a draft pick. 
how will the final 22 games unfold tune in mm -hmm. next thursday um we will probably not come back for we'll probably take a we're week gonna off. take an all-star break yeah I think um, we, we just took a week off, but it's fine. Well, not a week off, but yeah. Well, the Kings hadn't, didn't play many games for. Yeah. I mean, they played they played that after the All Star break. I'm sorry, the uh, they played three games from. Mm -hmm. We talked. Well, it would have been know. pointless for us to like record on Tuesday and then have them just have this one Chicago game that we just don't talk about, or if, like to record after the Chicago game just to talk about the Chicago game. So this made me the most sense. We're still learning. I mean, if you're out there and you really enjoy listening to us and you really want us to record after every game, maybe someday. But right now, I think it's better to talk about things in groups of twos, twos mm -hmm. or threes. I like the two games, but sometimes three just kind of makes more sense, especially when we have a whole week off like right mm -hmm. now. But um, looking at the schedule, I mean, yeah, sure. We can we can record probably. I mean, it might not be till the 29th or the till March 1st at this point, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's like two weeks. Yikes. I don't know. I mean, we we might be able to come back and just put one in on Friday, like a little mini episode in between the Denver games or on Sunday after the Denver games. I don't know. We'll fill it out. Yeah. We'll fill it out. It is. We'll fill it out. Yeah. And then just kind of the end of this schedule here is pretty, pretty hectic. I mean, there's games just about every other day here uh, for the rest nuts. of the time. March, they, they, NBA just said, okay, we're going to cram one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like 15 games in March. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Neat. So be expecting a very hectic upload schedule uh, when we come back, but uh, it, it's going to be hopefully some fun times. I mean, the Kings are, are going to have quite a bit of road games here. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how people feel about the early starts, but, um, It'll be good for us because we'll at least maybe be able to squeeze in a pod after a game or something like that. But uh, yeah, which we yeah. can. A lot of road games, which we we'll can see. do that. We'll All see. Right. I don't know if people enjoy us talking about our upload schedule. <laughs> anyway. Know. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's about all the meat on this bone. Um, we really didn't get to talk too much about the uh, the kings that were shipped off, but I'm sure you know, we'll, no, we, we, we'll, we did, we'll have we an did opportunity. On, no, we did on the we did a deadline episode last week. Well, I just mean this episode. I just you know oh. we we didn't talk about. You know, Buddy uh, Hill scored thirty six points after going one of thirteen, and uh, Tyrese has been twenty two and seventeen every game. Did we mess up? Let's not talk about that. Marvin Bagley had an alley oop from Kate yeah. Cunningham. That Is that exciting. the new super duo? Find out next episode on. Return, Return of the of Roar. The roar. Da, 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 da.